Welcome to Getting Technetical, a Technetics podcast. Your source for insights on engineered ceiling and component solutions for the world's most demanding environments. Welcome to Getting Technetical with Technetics. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. On Saturday, May 30th, SpaceX launched a manned Falcon 9 rocket destined for the International Space Station from NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Joining me to talk about the significance of this event and what it means for the future of aerospace endeavors is Jason Riggs. He's the director of the Aerospace Business Unit for the Technetics Group. Jason, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Tyler. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to talk about this today because this was really, you know, an event that captured people's imaginations. It had a ton of people tuning in, you know, to live streams and watching with, you know, a lot of anticipation what was going on and what was going to happen with this launch and, and, and some excitement about everything that was happening. So, you know, did you watch? And, and if so, you know, what, what were your thoughts and, and what did you think as you were watching this happening, Jason? Yeah, we definitely watched. It was it was actually pretty exciting. I, I had my parents over for the first time since the quarantine started. So my folks were over, uh, both of my sisters and their kids and my kids. And we had everybody on the couch kind of sitting around together watching. And it was, uh, I tell you, it, it, it ended up being a much more uh, emotional moment for me than I think I anticipated. You know, I knew this was an important uh, milestone, both for for the country, for NASA and for SpaceX, but just recognizing and kind of thinking through how much work our team has put into getting us there. Uh, There's a lot of anticipation, uh, definitely some nerves <laughs> and a lot of excitement. So it was really great to be able to experience that with, uh, you know, with my family all sitting around the TV together watching it. So, Jason, this really feels like a, a big new chapter and a lot of new things going on. So talk to me a little bit about why this launch was so important, both to the United States and to NASA. What, what made this such an important thing for those two entities? Well, this was definitely a new chapter in human spaceflight. I think I can say that with all certainty. Um, and, and I think a good way to look at it is kind of think back to our history in, in manned spaceflight. Um, so, you know, NASA put our first man in orbit about 58 years ago. Uh, we landed on the moon 51 years ago, and it was about 40 years ago that we started the shuttle program uh, where we could actually launch, you know, astronauts into orbit. So each of those programs was extremely significant. But really, since the Apollo program ended, um, we haven't been back to the moon. And then, of course, we ended the shuttle program in 2011. The shuttle program, um, the costs were getting out of control. Uh, NASA kind of figured out that the risks with that program were a little higher than anticipated. So really, since that program ended, uh, we've been reliant on Russia uh, to get astronauts to space. So really what that looks like is, you know, Russia has their Soyuz rocket. Uh, we cut them a check and get a ride to, uh, to, to space when we need to go. Um, so, you know, they've had really a monopoly on human space flight since we exited in, in 2011. So all of that has really changed now with this successful mission. You know, I, I really believe that this puts NASA and the U.S. back in the driver's seat uh, of our own space program. You know, this allows us to kind of chart our own path forward. And ultimately, if we think about the mission to Mars, I think it puts us in a much, much better position to make that mission a priority. 
Right, and you can see why this would be such a, such an important thing for the United States and NASA just to not be so reliant on Russia and, and to take control of that back and bring it into our own borders. And so that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, another aspect of this that really makes it unique and makes it a new chapter and makes it something to be really excited about is the advent of the Commercial Crew Program. Talk me through a little bit more about that and, and why this is so significant. Yeah, so the, the Commercial Crew Program is, is pretty awesome. And, and really what it is, it, it's the program that NASA brought online to kind of pick up where shuttle left off. And really, it's a it's essentially a public-private partnership. You know, NASA said, okay, we, we need to continue uh, developing capabilities to get our astronauts into space. But instead of kind of going at it alone and doing another program in-house at NASA, we're going to go out to industry and see what industry has to offer. And so ultimately, they down-selected to SpaceX and Boeing, Boeing with the CST-100 capsule and, of course, SpaceX with the Dragon capsule. And both of those companies received some funding to go off and develop this capability to get astronauts back into space. With this public-private partnership, they were able to demonstrate that they can deliver the capability, which we saw a couple weeks ago with the launch. They can do so with massive cost savings. They can do so, you know, relatively quickly. Uh, if we look at the the timeline of commercial crew relative to how long it took us to develop shuttle, um, and in doing so, they can also also we can ensure that we're we're making investments within the industrial base, right? So by flowing this money to these two primes, SpaceX and Boeing, we've also helped fuel a booming space market, sub-tiers such as ourselves. You've got a lot of spin-off companies now that are doing different types of work in, in space vehicles, launch vehicles, propulsion systems. So really, the this public-private partnership has shown that it's a way to kind of solve a problem in an efficient and effective manner while also helping to kind of build, you know, some much-needed capability within the industrial base. Now, has Technetics played a role in the commercial crew program? And if so, what does that look like and, and how have you been a part of things? Yeah, so we've, we've really been involved in this program since day one and, and we support both Boeing and SpaceX. Um, and really what that looks like for us, you know, as Technetics, we're sitting on all kinds of different products and technical solutions that have been leveraged for decades in a variety of space programs, going back to the ARIES program, really. Um, and, and so what we've been able to do is go to these customers of ours, you know, these folks who are partnering with NASA and lend our best technologies, um, make them available so that as, as these folks are you know, working to develop the, these capabilities for NASA, they're able to leverage technologies and products that have pedigree, which is critically important, but also work with a, a partner like Technetics that has engineers at the ready were, you know, were available, ready and willing to do different design iterations to get creative. Because when you move at the, the pace that these programs have moved at, the technical problems that arise, they arise with regularity and they, and they're problems that need to be solved very quickly. Um, and, and not every company is really structured to be able to do that. We are, and we can do that while again, leaning on technologies that have pedigree and history. And that's proven to be very valuable to our customers. So, Jason, earlier we talked about why this was significant for the United States and for NASA, but the other party involved here is SpaceX, and so this is obviously a big deal for them as well. Kind of explain more of the significance for SpaceX and why this was such uh, an amazing and important achievement for them. 
Yeah. So having, you know, a, a private commercial space company play, you know, the the primary role in this mission, that alone is, is highly significant for both them and for NASA. But I think for SpaceX specifically, it really validates a lot of what they've been uh, doing for the past few years and really kind of the the model that they've been promoting um, that a lot of people, frankly, have expressed a lot of doubt about. You know, SpaceX has said, hey, we believe that we can design efficient, safe launch uh, systems at a much lower cost. We believe we can crank these things out in higher volume. Uh, you know, their goal with the Falcon 9 has been to fly them, you know, more like a commercial aircraft, you know, where you load it up, you fly your mission, come back down, refuel, reload and go again. There's, there's always been a lot of skepticism, particularly within um, you know, some of the legacy players, that that was doable. And I think really, until it had been done successfully, um, there was just no way to say whether or not that model was going to work. Well, I think we're there now. You know, they've demonstrated their reuse capabilities uh, many times over. They've now demonstrated uh, you know, similar capabilities with the Falcon 9 you know, in a manned spaceflight environment. So I think the questions around, can they do this? Can they do this efficiently? Can they do this quickly, cost-effectively? I think a lot of those questions, you know, should have been put to rest by now. You know, another thing that's really interesting too, I, for SpaceX is, you know, a big portion of, or a portion of this project was funded by by NASA, Commercial Crew Program funded a portion of the, 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 uh, the Dragon development. Uh, but you know, SpaceX retains that that Dragon capsule. They they have they retain ownership. They're allowed to use that capsule for other missions. So I think that's really going to open a lot of doors for them because you know we know there's a lot of money on the sidelines wanting to get into space tourism and you know different offshoots of that. And I've already read some articles that now that they've demonstrated this capability, there's new customers signing up with SpaceX. You know, folks that that want to bring. Uh, these people and this money in and jump on the dragon, you know, to go for a ride and whatever that might look like. So, you know, now you're talking about a, about a potentially new revenue stream for SpaceX. And, you know, SpaceX has some really ambitious goals um, and, you know, additional funding sources and revenue streams and opportunities to fly are going to do nothing but accelerate their ability to go and reach these, you know, audacious goals that they have. And I think that's tremendous, not just for, you know, for SpaceX, obviously for sub-tier suppliers such as ourselves, but really for the broader space industry. This is, you know, it's going to really kind of help propel the collective uh, efforts of not just NASA, but all these uh, private space companies forward. So what does this mean uh, on a grander scale, the future of space travel and, and that sort of thing? You, just from a from a broader view, what does this mean for the future of, uh, of space travel? Well, I really think that the notion of the, the public-private partnership uh, it's going to become more prevalent. It's going to become a model that you'll see leveraged more frequently in the future. You know, again, NASA was previously both the supplier and the consumer. And now there's really a shift where NASA now becomes the customer. And, you know, these private companies like a, a Boeing or a SpaceX or Blue Origin, they're going to become the suppliers, supplying the services that NASA needs to accomplish their goals and to fulfill a mission, i.e. going to the moon. And, and I think that not only does that help NASA to become more agile, but it also helps fuel the industry that, you know, that we're talking about. It helps develop suppliers. You know, I, I've heard it said by one of the uh, analysts that follows this space that you really can't have a a flourishing marketplace when you have one actor and only a few companies helping them to get there. 
So with this new model, you've now got a customer that knows what they want, knows where they want to go, and a whole bunch of uh, suppliers in the industry that know how to help them get there. So I think that's going to be a fundamental shift as we see moving, uh, that we'll see moving forward. You know, again, if you think about the the demo two mission, SpaceX being the you know the the, the primary um, supplier thus far. Obviously, uh, Boeing is, is still in the mix as well, uh, but that that's really is pretty significant. And and I think not only both for Boeing and SpaceX, but I I really feel like this is going to open a lot of doors for new partners. Uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, venture capital money move into this space. There's a lot of startups, a lot of folks that are focusing on different ways of doing things, i.e. additive manufacturing, uh, even even into the universities. You know, we're seeing a lot of rocket programs, propulsion engineering programs. You know, the, I think the visibility that um, these types of efforts and programs are getting all the way, you know, down to, uh, you know, like kids my age who are in elementary school, I, I really believe that that's going to help bring an infusion of not just capital, but uh, education, intellectual property, talent into the space that ultimately, I think we'll look back to this time and see this as kind of being a pivotal moment where our space program really accelerated. Mm. And, and you mentioned those other partners. Talk me through how Technetics is also supporting those partners as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of people getting into the space. Um, and really, for most everybody, the, the, you know, the, the challenge is, is the same. You know, you're trying to build a launch vehicle in a in a manner that's that it's safe, it's reliable, and it's efficient. And the, the reality is, when it comes to liquid propulsion, you've got to move fluids, you've got to move them in, a, in an effective and efficient manner. And sealing becomes an, a really important part of that equation. So whether we're talking to university students who are doing a demonstrator, or a small startup who is trying to kind of attack the problem from a different angle, or you know one of the larger private space companies that we've talked about. You know, our offering is really the same. We want to give them access to our best technology, our best engineers. Uh, we want to make our products and services attainable. So, you know, that that looks different for, you know, every one of our customers. But, you know, we've done a fair number of projects with different universities where we've, you know, helped them out with ideas, technology, samples, what you know, whatever that may be. But that's really our goal is to make the products and services that are, we have at our disposable available to this broader market, you know, this ever evolving market. So that's the challenge for us is making sure that, you know, our, our name is well known, people understand the technology we have. And that, you know, when we bring a solution to the table, we're putting our best foot forward and we're helping them tap into that pedigree that goes back, you know, many, many decades. So you, we, we mentioned at the very beginning, and this was something that, that you talked about, just that part of the, the issue um, back in 2011 was funding and was just the, the cost of all of this. So what does this mean for the funding of space programs moving forward as, as we look at, you know, this new chapter and this new model? Yeah, it's a great question. Funding is always an issue. You know, there's there's always uh, a lot of opportunities to fund different programs. And of course, you know, as we know, those funding priorities shift over time. So, so what we do know, we don't necessarily know what's going to happen with funding, but we do know where we're going in terms of cost. And it's really interesting. If you look at uh, the commercial crew program, you know, when SpaceX was awarded that contract, you know, NASA paid them about reports are around 1.75 billion to develop the crew dragon uh, platform and of course spacex made some investment there as well so you know a little under two billion dollars well just by contrast if you look at how much nasa spent to develop the shuttle program it was about 27 and a half billion dollars in today's dollars 
So, you know, from 27 and a half down to less than 2 billion, uh, just to develop the program. And then if we think, okay, well, what does it cost us to actually to launch these missions? Well, the Crew Dragon mission is about $400 million. And a portion of that goes to the astronaut side, if you will. And it works out to be about 55 million per seat for the Crew Dragon uh, program. You know, I mentioned earlier that after shuttle, uh, we, you know, we were relying on uh, the Russian Soyuz rocket to, to get us uh, up to space. In 2011, after shuttle, you know, that was about 40 million a seat. Um, this year, that was about 90 million a seat. So we went from having to spend about 90 million to get one of our astronauts to space via Russia to spending, you know, about $55 million to get one of our astronauts to space via, you know, a company in California. So the cost per seat has gone down significantly. We're keeping that cost within, you know, our industrial base here in the U.S. So there's tremendous benefit there. While that's still a lot of money, I do believe that that's going to bode well for the future, uh, for future missions where we need to get that funding. You know, when NASA is advocating for, you know, their piece of the pie, being able to show that they are attacking the problem in a much more efficient and effective manner, I think is going to bode well. You know, the reports are that NASA has said that by going with the commercial crew program, U.S. taxpayers are going to save somewhere on the order of $20 billion compared to what they would have spent had we gone with NASA's previous plan for getting astronauts to the ISS. So when you start talking about a $20 billion savings and, you know, cutting your per seat cost from 90 million with Russia down to $55 million with SpaceX, uh, it's pretty attractive uh, when you're out soliciting funding. So I, I do think that the money will be there. I think that the, the money's going a lot further these days. Uh, I think where it gets really interesting is, you know, NASA still has the SLS program, of course, which is uh, really kind of chartered with getting the U.S. to Mars. I'm not sure how that's all going to play out moving forward. We're partners on that program as well. So we really hope that it continues. But, you know, I think uh, NASA is going to have to take a long, hard look at, you know, does it make sense to have private public partnerships in addition to a purely NASA program, uh, a la SLS, or does it make sense to start to even look at maybe increasing the amount of uh, private investment into a program like SLS. You know, that we don't know where that's going to go. But I think now with the visibility the commercial crew is getting, those types of discussions will be happening over the next couple months. Well, it sounds like an incredibly exciting time to be a part of this industry and then be involved in the changes that are taking place. As you mentioned, this new chapter begins, you know, it feels like this is a new beginning and a fun time to really be a part of everything that's happening. And so, Jason Riggs, thank you so much for taking some time today to talk to me a little bit more about this on Getting Technical with Technetics. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And everybody, I hope you enjoyed getting to learn a little bit more about everything going on in the world of aerospace right now. It's it's definitely an exciting time. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. And for more from Technetics, make sure to subscribe to Getting Technetical on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts these days. And make sure to stay up to date with the latest uh, that's coming out of Technetics because they have a lot going on and some exciting partnerships like what we talked about on this episode. So be sure to stay up to date and to subscribe there. I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you all so much again for listening today. We'll be back soon with more episodes, but until then, have a great day and stay safe. Stay safe.